A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. Happy New Year. It could have gone better for me, but how how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, so far this year, I haven't lost a fantasy game. <laughs> you know what? That's the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> Looking forward to next year. Looking forward to next year. And uh, we're going to start off the episode by uh, talking about how our fantasy league played off, talk about what fantasy future looks like. And uh, no, just really, really excited to see the, the regular season come to a head, get to see what the playoffs look like. Lots of really, really good teams getting hot at the right time. But listeners... How did you do in your fantasy leagues this past week? Did you win the championship? Did you win the consolation championship? Or did you just come up in 10th place like Mark did? Let us know at improperfantasypodcast.gmail.com if you want to reach out to us at our Twitter at improperfantasy on X. Biz, you had an absolutely dominating performance all the way through the month of December <laughs> leading into the playoffs to go up against the gosh, the the unstoppable force that was Kelly Biz. How did you do? I had another dominating performance again this week. You did. But, um, you know what? Alas, it wasn't to be. Uh, my stunning, surprising run to the final fell at the last. Um, despite scoring a very respectable, a very Decent score of 141 points. I still lost to the juggernaut that is Kelly um, by 17 points. Um, First of all, congrats to Kelly. His team has been excellent all year. He came second. He didn't didn't win the regular season, but he has just been a constant all year. Arguably the most, on paper, the the best team. I mean... When you have Lamar Jackson and Tyreek Hill, particularly this year, then you know you're going to be doing well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it pains me to say that if I had played, and I'm not that disappointed about this, but I left, I picked up Joe Flacco off the waiver wire. You did. Didn't, didn't play him. And again, I went against my better judgment. Thank you, uh, Improper Mark. Um, because, you know, he's such a massive fan of Najee Harris. So whenever I'm thinking of inserting Najee Harris in the lineup, um, I always have like improper Mark, you know, in the back of my head saying, don't insert him, he's rubbish. Um, I didn't play Najee Harris. And Najee Harris decides to basically have the best game of his season against your lot up in Seattle. 127 yards, two touchdowns. Um, However, I was never really going to play Najee Harris, in all honesty. I was umming and eyeing about it. but even if I had played Najee Harris, I still would have lost by, I think, three points or so. Yeah. It is slightly galling to think about the Joe Flacco. But again, with Joe Flacco, I was never really going to play him. It's weird for me to say that 
Justin Fields was the more safe choice, despite Justin Fields being completely boom or bust. But Joe Flacco, th- there was something about, I still wasn't sure if he was going to turn into Joe Flacco against a good Jets defense. Um, again, they were at home. They've got all the momentum. You, you hear this on the, you know, on the sports analysts and the pundits saying that there's lightning in a bottle with the Cleveland Browns at the moment. They just, that offense just seems to be clicking. Um, Amari Cooper didn't play, but that helped with David and Joku having a really good game. Look, I, I scored 141 points. Justin Fields had a great That's game. Really he still good. scored. He still he still scored 25 points. Um, Devonta Adams had a great game. Um, DeAndre Swift had a respectable game. Um, you know, I had David and Joku had a great game. Um, I Adam Thielen didn't show up. Carolina just got pummeled by Jacksonville. They didn't score any points. But again, you know, if you had told me, um, I had Zamir White again in for the injured Josh Jacobs. If you had told me before, exactly. If you, I mean, even with some injuries, if you had told me before I would score 141 points in the final, would I take it? Absolutely. But I just ran into, again, an otherworldly performance for the ages from Lamar Jackson. I mean, the one game he, cho- he chooses to just absolutely go off, again, against the good Dolphins team. Mm-hmm. They put down a marker. We'll, we'll get into that later. He scored, I think, 45 points. 45.34 points. Um, and, and, you know, even if he had scored... 25 points is a really good game for a quarterback. If he had scored 25 points, I would have still won because you take off 20 points and I would have won. Even if he'd scored 26 points, I would have won. So look, you can't, you can't legislate for that. Tyreek Hill had a, a, a poor game by his standards, but he had Armand Ross St. Brown, who had a great game against um, uh, Dallas Cowboys on, um, on Saturday and Zay Flowers again had a great game. Look, his team has just been a juggernaut all year. Congrats to him. I come up, I came up short, but I'm actually proud of the performance I put in. I'm proud of managing to kind of stem the tide of a couple of injuries I had. Um, the last three weeks, I mean, I stumbled into the playoffs. I backed in. I didn't have any momentum. And for me to kind of, my team to show up the way that they did over the last three weeks, I'm pretty proud. I have to say, and I know this, you know, people's going to get on me, but like, in a weird way, this has probably been the most satisfying year of fantasy that I've ever had. To get to the final with a team that I had, which if you were anyone in our league or just any random pundit, is this a team that could get to most championship fantasy mm-hmm. finals? I think 99.9% of people would just say, not on your Nelly, no way. Um, so I got to the final game and... Just didn't just didn't pull it out, but again, I'm I'm proud of what I did. Well, a couple things that I've been paying attention to, uh, just as far as like what the makeup between your team and what Kelly's team did. Uh, you have five of your five original drafted players. The very first five are yeah. all still on your team. You yeah. didn't have to worry about injuries for your first five players. And if you look further down on the list. People like DeAndre Swift, they're still on your team. Adam Thielander is a round 11 pickup for you. Like, yeah. you made some really, really good picks 
a lot of what you, where your team struggled this year were the requirements of having to move off because of injury at some points of the season. Yeah. Don't have Mike Williams. Uh, you moved mm. off of some yeah. P. Ryan because, you know, we, we just didn't know how that Denver team was going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's team. If I could show you what the breakdown of that team looks like. Uh, out of his first 10 players, he still kept nine of them that he drafted. Right. Right. So he went yeah. Tyree Kill, Amonra St. Brown, Travis Etienne, Lamar Jackson, yeah. James Cook, Tyler Lockett, George Pickens, Cole Komet, Zay Flowers, and Dalton Kincaid. Those were his first 10, and the only yeah. one of them who's still not on the team is Cole Komet. Because eventually he's like, eh, I don't need to carry too many tight ends. He had Hunter Henry yeah, yeah. on the bench, who ended up not yeah. doing much of anything. Um, That yeah, was I mean, just a dominating drafting. It is. That's just great drafting. When you, when you say that he picked up all those players kind of in the draft... Um, it's just great drafting, um, but at the same way, he is, as you say, he, he had such a great team. He didn't really need to make many moves or do much tinkering on the waiver wire and or all via trades. Um, as you say, I mean, I've I had five plays, which is fairly good, but I I, I remember I picked up, um, I believe I drafted. David and Joku, and I picked up Jake Ferguson on the waiver wire. Um, good pickup. Yeah, um, and and uh, you know, obviously, I, I ended up picking up Joe Flacco and Jerichoff. I had other plays, but good yeah, you know, I had well. to, you know, I had to make some, I had to make some moves, but um, yeah, you know, congrats to Kelly. Um, congrats. Just a, just a, just a great team all year. It reminds me slightly of. Um, of the team I had a few years ago where I did win, where I, where I had Justin Herbert, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And I've got no idea. I believe it was the year Jamar Chase. Did you have Waddle as well? I had Jalen Waddle. You had all, all of those young guys on your team. Yeah. And I I think. And Waddle was your favorite. What? Yeah. Well, that's partly, that's partly because of what he did to get me into the final. I will never, ever forget you, Jalen Waddle. You're my guy because I remember in the semi-final, I needed him to score. I think. 19 or 20 points because I was down by 18 and unbelievably he did. He scored like, I think he caught 11 balls for a hundred yards and it was a, <laughs> an unbelievable performance. Um, so I'll, I, I will forever be grateful for him. But um, yeah, that team, I, again, I think Jalen Waddle and Jamal Chase were rookies. So they, people were not sure about drafting them really high up, but I, I took a chance and then I had Justin Herbert and I think I had Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook. Like as my I running, I think that's packs. right. I think Dalvin and, Cook and I, was your number one pick that year. Yeah, and I, I, I look back on that team, and I'm like, I still don't know how I had that team. Um, but uh, Kelly's team is almost, I would say, in that vein. I mean, it, it, it was a slightly unstoppable, um, and I put up a great showing. But I believe there is a there is a, a, a message from Kelly that you would like to share. Oh, there is absolutely a message. And listeners, this is what Kelly has to say. What's up, guys? It's Kelly, your 2023 Improper Fantasy Football Podcast League champion. I'd like to take a moment and express my gratitude to our esteemed co-commissioners and hosts of the podcast, Mark and Biz. Not only did they extend me an invitation to join this prestigious league, but they also provided hours upon hours of sound analytics and advice that can really help you win your fantasy league. Now, most people in my position may take this time to gloat or maybe take a shot at my opponent, but Biz seems like such a wonderful chap, so humble and kind. 
like when during last week's episode, you were analyzing my team and providing some of that world-class advice that I mentioned. You reminded me that Chuba Hubbard was more of a backup option and that I should bench him and move Zay Flowers into my flex spot. It seemed so obvious, I had no idea why I didn't see that before. So I took your advice and it gave me the edge I needed to win. Thank you, Biz, and thank you, Improper Fantasy Football Podcast, for an amazing season. And now, my coffee is empty, and all I can say is, cheers. First of all, that was the most gracious winning speech ever. Um, You know, thank you so much to Kelly for... Because I am a lovely chap, aren't I? I mean, if, (laughs) if if I had one, I would have sent a very similar congratulatory gracious wouldn't i i I would not have taken down the haters or the doubters particularly like justin and i also have a a, a, i've done some analytics on um on um justin and i also actually as a sidebar (laughs) i'll get into that later but um it was a it was a very kind message thanks so much for being a long-time listener um i'm glad that we gave you the advice to uh put in zay flowers I wonder if he had if he had kept Chubarbert in there, would I've would I've won? Because Zay Flowers scored like nineteen points or something. Uh, yeah, Zay Flowers scored nineteen points, but Chuba Hubbard actually ended up scoring like eleven, I think. Oh, so it, it, it wouldn't have made. It much would have given you an additional eight points had he not done that. Yeah, Chuba right. ended up with eleven point one. Zay Flowers ended up with nineteen point six. But it turned Sorry. a close win into a. There was no question about it. I know. <clears throat> I mean. Uh, look again. If you, I was scoring 158 points in the final. That's that's. It's not excellent. just one move. No, it's not. Um, like I said, I'm I'm really I'm really proud of what I did this season. Um, to finish seven and seven, get in a, in the as the fifth seed and get all the way to the final. Um, this wasn't a team that I could just sort of set it and forget it. I just constantly had to look and make moves and and analyze who was playing who and matchups. Um, I probably had to do more research this year than any other year that I've I've played. You've, de- you've definitely done more research. You've done more roster swapping than you have ever done in years past. Um, and at the same time, like while you didn't win the championships, in many cases, this second place fin- finish is the culmination of significantly more work. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. My my team wasn't. When I drafted it, I thought it was good. I thought it was good enough to get me in the playoffs. But I didn't think I was going to win the league or get a bye. I thought, I, I thought I'd have to do something to do it. But I drafted well, given my... I was in a, I was in a poor position to draft with, to begin with. Um, but, um, yeah, thanks for the lovely message, Kelly. You're, you're too kind. Um, I, do, I do have a comment for Justin, our longtime friend and listener. So, friend of the to our listeners who may have listened last week or two weeks ago i believe our esteemed co-host and justin basically said that i had never ever beaten him in the history of our league however i believe in terms of fact checking my esteemed co-host i will Mm -hmm. let you take it away i expect a full unreserved and heartfelt apology um as well from justin as i I do expect a, uh, a full apology too but take it away mark um, so Justin mentioned it one time that he believes he'd never lost to you. And then I took that and I ran with it as much as I possibly could. And I had done my research. I had looked through and I had checked everything. But, however, I went back again to triple check in the year that you had been so dominant. And 
I, I bet you I was just looking at my scores and not your scores because in that final matchup against Justin, not only did you beat him in your championship run, but you dominated him. So my bad. <laughs> wow, that was a that was a very heartfelt apology. Heartfelt apology. But, so yes. But I brought it to your attention. In, Had I not said it, you would have just believed this whole time that just an incorrect, incorrect statement, <laughs> incorrect fantasy football. I have indeed brushed Justin in one previous time. One time, one time, one time. Well, I also have an overall much better record in our fantasy league than Justin because I was also doing my research and my league, um, my league history, my overall all-time record is 42 and 35. And if I go to Justin, his overall record is 41 and 41. So mm-hmm. I've, I've done in term, I've done like seven, seven matches better than him overall. Um, and in terms of top three finishes, he's had one top three finish, four playoffs appearances, four playoff appearances, and one championship. When it comes to yours truly, I've had one championship, one second place finish, three top three finishes, and three playoff appearances. That's so, kind of good. It's kind of good. I, why? Thank you. And this is from someone that knows nothing about the game. So um, <laughs> clearly, so, yeah, and isn't even from this country. So, uh, so yes. Um, I, I do have to get in one caveat there because I know Justin will mention it. Um, the year that you did dominate him, and I don't think this was the case. The 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 match that you crushed him. Uh, the year that you dominated him, he had login issues with his ESPN account. He couldn't get in for about half of the season, so his team couldn't make the moves earlier on. Mm. That being the case, if you mm. looked at his team that week, it was clear that he was going in, making moves and things like that compared to previous weeks. So he had access at that point. But I do want to like make it known beyond just inside of that, that there may have been some wins and losses that season. Probably not seven. Mm. Um, a, a, that, a bad work, a bad workman always blames his tools. But anyway, let's uh, I, I, let, let, I, I, let's move on. I'm I'm just calling a spade a spade in this case. <laughs> However, I, I I don't think it changes the argument that you're bringing. Um, the, the last thing I just want to say is yeah. Um, congrats to Kelly. He's been a great member of the league this year. Um, and uh, thanks for the message. And yeah, congrats to him. I mean, his his team his team was great all year. We have a couple of other results in our league that we want to at least acknowledge. Um, as Biz kind of spoiled there a little bit, uh, Justin did not prevail in his match against Andy this past week. Uh, Andy is your bronze medal, your third place champion. He will be the third trophy place holder besides Biz and Kelly in our league for the 2023 season. Uh, he, he led by a commanding performance by both CD Lamb and DJ Moore. I can guarantee you, Biz, that DJ Moore led more teams to fantasy championships than Justin Herbert did this year. So in my mind, Andy, that 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 trade was miles in Andy's favor. And on that note, Justin has been giving the kiss of death to quarterbacks all season long. Um, he did not play Willis Levis this week, who had a wonderful minus 1.36 points in our league scored. Uh, but he did play Geno Smith, who, while hasn't been dominating, did put up the most fantasy points from a quarterback in his lineup for this week. But he still ends the season with Joe Burrow in his IR, with Kirk Cousins on his IR, had to drop Justin Herbert, has Tommy DeVito on his bench, 
has Will Levis on his bench. These are the players that Justin has gone through in an attempt to right the quarterback ship. Better luck next year, Justin. But yeah, he's congr- he had he's had horrible luck with with quarterbacks this this year. <laughs> he has, but that's all over at this point. Congratulations to Andy, bouncing back in a big way from last year to take not just the top spot in the regular season in our league, but finishing with a medal. Congratulations to you, Andy. I would be remiss if I did not mention my score and if I did not mention improper mark score to round out the whole podcast. I had a matchup against Ned, uh, and I was very, very nervous about it, and I was right to be nervous. I won the matchup by a mere 1.5 points. Yeah, that um, was... That's an incredible. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, Close to game. be fair, this was for the ninth place finish in the league, so it's not like it amounted to anything. But it's nice to end the season with a win. Um, Harrison Butker was my leading scorer with twenty four points, um, and he had Brees Hall, Brandon Ayuk, Baker Mayfield was his quarterback. Uh, so it was not a bad fantasy team. It was just he went up against the one matchup that was like, oh, had I played against anybody else, I would have either gotten completely crushed or I would have won. So hats off to you, Ned. Better luck to both of us next year. It's interesting as well, looking at your match, because your your match was the epitome of kind of consistent scoring because you didn't have anyone score over like 17 or 18 points. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, 13 Except for the kicker. Yes, he was your highest scorer, Harrison Butker, at 24 points. But then looking down, you've got 13, 15 and a half, 16, 15, 14, 14, Cleveland's defense. So, yeah, um, sort of very interesting stat line there. But, yeah, but I mean, good victory to round out the season. Um, so who, uh, the consolation bracket winner? Goes to Dude. Improper Mark who finishes the season in seventh place, ends up a champion, has completed the (laughs) double this season by being the podcast champion and being the consolation champion. Hats off to you, Mark, having a dominating performance over Spencer, winning by more than double the points that Spencer put up, a score of 138 to 66.82. His high-scoring players on the team, he had Devin Akan, Devin Achan, how many times does that pronunciation change? He played the running back from Miami, Devin. <laughs> um, but again, similarly to my team, Devin no Achan. Achan. Devin yeah. Achan. Devon Achan, Devin Achan. Devin Achan. I believe, yeah, I believe yeah. it's Devin Achan. But. but similarly to my team, he had no player that was like miserable and he had no player that was phenomenal. 22.7 points was the most he had, but we have Brock Purdy, 19.6. Dijon Robinson, 11.6. Puka Nakua, 18.7. Rasheed Rice, 17.7. Good, consistent team. Trade McBride. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Bill's defense, put up 19 points. Um, he did leave Kyler Murray and Jerome Ford on the bench, so he could have won by even more. Um, That's true. I mean, he would have known Kyler Murray would have, would have ended up having the game that he did at Philadelphia, but... You know, I would still. The play Philadelphia fans earlier. probably could have told you that because they've been very critical about not just their defense, but about the fact that they That's don't true. like to run the ball. That's true, but it was <laughs> it was a slightly dominating performance, winning by what almost a hundred points. It was a 
maybe 70 points or something. Close to 70 uh, points, six, yeah. yeah. close to 70 points against Spencer, but I think maybe Spencer checked out at this point. Um, but, I'm not uh, sure if that would have helped. Yes, that's true. Um, well, you know, okay, congrats to Improper Mark. I mean, to, it's a meaningless consolation bracket, as I've said, but no <laughs> one cares about it. I've said that many, many times on this podcast, if, if people remember. It, it's the equivalent of winning the NIT, isn't it? And I will leave it there. And we will leave it there. So, and with that, we are going to leave the league. Um, we have some fantasy to look forward to next week and the week afterwards, uh, because we will be doing our NFL.com fantasy playoff challenge. Um, the groups are not live yet. Uh, once the groups go live, you can find uh, information to that on our Twitter handle, Improper Fantasy, will be the way to be able to figure out how to join that group. Uh, we will talk more about that. Uh, if you, again, would prefer to send emails to be able to get access to our group, uh, improperfantasypodcast at gmail.com is the way to be able to get access to the group. Last year was a lot of fun. Viz, in the quadruple, that was one of the challenges that you won as well. Uh, That's true. It, it's a great way to stay interested in fantasy in the NFL. I mean, like everybody's interested in the NFL at that point, but it's, it, it keeps you engaged with fantasy. Uh, just to round out the rules, the idea is that you pick a, a team uh, in week one and you can keep as many of the players from week to week to week as long as they advance. And for each consecutive week you keep a player, you multiply the points by that many weeks. So if you wanted to, let's say, for example, take Christian McCaffrey in the first round, he'll get you zero points in the first round because of the bye, but then he'll get double whatever he scores in week two. If they win, they'll get triple whatever he would have gotten week three. If you get all the way to the Super Bowl and the 49ers are there, then Christian McCaffrey will get you quadruple whatever points uh, he would have gotten that game. So, yeah. And you can switch off if you're like, hey, I understand that I took this great player in week one, but I, I don't think he's going to have a good game and I think his team is going to lose, so I'm going to jump onto another team. It's, it's, it's really an interesting way to play fantasy, and I'm really excited to jump into a new concept. Yeah, it's going to... It, uh... I always have fun doing the, the NFL playoff fantasy. Looking forward to it again. So why don't we move into some game recaps then? We have a lot of moving around happened this past week. We have people that got eliminated from the playoffs. Some of the wildcard seeding got switched around a little bit. We have the Cowboys on top of their division now. We have the Eagles on the bottom of their division. Well, not on the bottom of the division, but in the wildcard, I'll say. Um, and why don't we go ahead and start there? The Eagles... Sure. Played against the Cardinals, had a commanding lead at halftime, 21 to 6, and then ended up choking down the stretch, giving up 29 points in the second half and only putting up 10 to lose to the Cardinals, 35 to 31. Eagles now find themselves in the fifth seed and with their destiny not in their control. Yeah, they are regressing. They are stumbling badly. They were 10 and 1, and they're now an. 11 and five, they've lost four out of their last five games. Um, they're heading in the wrong direction. I mean, it was only a month ago where most people were saying it was going to be a fight between them and the 49ers for the number one seed. And now even the division is in the Cowboys' hands and it's looking like they're going to have to be away for, the, for, the first, for their first playoff game of the, of the season. Um, yeah, they just don't look on the same page. I mean, they were up 21-6. They were looking fairly comfortable um, and then just let 
the Cardinals come back into it. And the Cardinals are not a good team. When you have those aspirations to be to go far into the playoffs and to be a Super Bowl contender, you need to get these things fixed and fixed fixed quickly. Um, I sort of don't really know where where to begin with Philadelphia because it's just such a sharp decline over the last month. But I think that we talked about this before that there's a sort of papering over the cracks because there was that three game stretch where they won those games, but they were lucky to win them. I think I believe against the Bills and Kansas City, and I can't I can't remember the third one. Uh, in that stretch, they beat the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills all by one score, and then that's they got right, blown out out by the 49ers. 49ers, yeah. So, but in that three game stretch, the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Chiefs, they could have lost all those games, and they won, which is a good thing. But again, a lot of the pundits were saying it's paper papering over some cracks. They're not as dominant as they were last year. And now and now we're seeing that. So the 49ers wrap up the number one seed because of that. Um, and the NFC East, which was in their grasp, and they had a foothold on it, and they now need help from to, to secure the, the, number, uh, the division crown. So, yeah, yeah there's just lots of, lots of things that, that's going on i mean to, to allow that their defense doesn't seem to be as on point as it was last year um their secondary kyler, is the- yeah i mean kyler murray threw for three tds in, in that kind of second half rally and again they go down the they go down the pitch at the end james connor you know the sort of take the lead two yard touchdown and they just couldn't stop they couldn't stop the cardinals on on you know at, at the end of the game the thing is, they're still they're still in there. They are in the playoffs, which is where you want to be. And I still think they're good enough to get it right. Um, for example, if they end up somehow playing the Cowboys in their first uh, match, I could still see the Philadelphia Eagles beating them. I don't think that's going I to be likely, that. but, I could see but that. yeah. So. The, the, the Eagles have been regressing over the past month. They have not played well this December. Uh, they have not played well against the stretch of constantly going up against good teams. And part of that might be because they've been doing nothing but playing good teams since they started playing them all against the, the Chiefs way back in November. And that it's just yeah. been a slog ever since then. Um, but at the same time, this team has to find ways to be able to string wins together. Yeah, And they just haven't been able to do that consistently. Jalen Hurts has, has not been playing poorly, but they're just ne- not getting the ball downfield. Uh, the, the running game has not been consistently being able to get there, and part of that is because they, they feel like they have to keep throwing to be able to make this team work. And yeah. one of the things that's typically telling of great teams is the passing game and the running game tend to work together in tandem to help each other out, and in this performance against the Cardinals, the Eagles just look kind of bland on both counts. Like Jalen Hurts, he completed 18 of 23, so he had a decent completion percentage. 167 yards is all that he managed to muster from that. Um, it's not what you want to see out of your, your franchise quarterback. I don't think there's going to be any doubt for Jalen Hurts going into the future. This year, has it's been documented pretty heavily that Jalen Hurts has been playing injured all season long. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see if he's able to be able to get 
that right. And and to be fair, like quarterbacks can have years where they're injured and then come back dominant in future years. Pat, Matt Stafford is a perfect example of that this season with the previous two years. He has yeah. been injured. He won a Super Bowl injured. Okay. And then last season just kind of looked like he was a shell of his former self. And this year he's looked great. I, well, Jalen Hurts is young enough. I think he can easily true. come back from that. Uh, but even with Matthew Stafford, the beginning of the season, he wasn't looking all that great either. No, he got um, himself back into shape, though. And he got just getting he, the he games got, in. Yeah, he needed that rhythm. And, and he wasn't – the first half of the season was great. And now they've just, you know, they've just hit the momentum at the right time. And they're playing yep. really well. Yep. They're another team. We talked about them last week. No one wants to play. Yep, but for me, the concern with the Eagles' defense, they can't really get off the field because they're still scoring points. But they just, you know, the Cardinals basically came back twice and the Eagles just couldn't stop them. Part of that I, I want to address too is I, I don't want to take anything away from what the Cardinals did uh, in this game. Yeah, because, it's a like, big the Cardinals win. are easily one of the, the worst teams in the league that we've seen over the course of this season. Uh, since Kyler Murray came back, they have still had a losing stretch. They've gone three and four since Kyler Murray came back. So it's not like they're they're, they're middle of the pack yeah, Marshall, rather than pack, one of the yeah. worst teams in that stretch. And Kyler Murray's game in this in in this stretch has has been slowly getting better and better. If you actually take a look at Kyler Murray's stats since he came back, it's kind of weird because you start to see like he looks like his passer rating is slowly creeping up week after week after week after week with the exception of a of a dump that he had a couple of weeks ago against the 49ers when he got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if you take the one anomaly against the, against the most dominating team in the league, every week he's getting better slowly and, slowly and surely. I think that the Cardinals' next team may be this resurgent team that comes back and starts really scaring people. Remember, it's not been too long since that stretch like three years ago where the Seahawks and the Cardinals to start the season were the two best teams in the league. And now you don't have Cliff Kingsbury and this Cardinals team is actually doing something like trying to be a normal football team. They don't have the personnel around it. And I think it's going to take a couple of years, but Tyler Murray is legit. Unlike Russell Wilson, the Cardinals are not going to be concerned about the contract. They gave Kyler Murray. He's like, yeah, he's our guy. Yeah, so hats absolutely. off to the Cardinals for coming back and winning this game. James Conner had himself a game two, two touchdowns, one in the he air, did. over 120 yards of total offense from him. Kyler Murray put up a, a, a fantastic game. Greg Dortch was their leading receiver. This is a team that, like, yeah, the Eagles lost. They should have won, but I think a lot of people saw this game coming. Yeah, I agree. That Sunday night game, last game of the week. It was last the, the Vikings and well, oh yeah, of the actual New Year and all that stuff. Uh, but Packers and Vikings, the only story that really came out of that game is man, the Packers got themselves another quarterback, didn't they? Jordan I think Love they was have. phenomenal in that game. Did you he watch that really game? Good. I watched the highlights of it. I watched yeah. some of it, um, and again, people were saying, you know, is he the guy? I don't think anyone's. Anyone saying he's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, no. but he's going to be a capable quarterback for the future. Absolutely. For the Green Bay Packers. They are currently in the seventh seed with that win. Yep. And potentially, you know, they have to beat the Bears, I believe, in, yep. to, to secure the, a playoff spot. Right now, the Bears are one of the scarier teams in the league after starting yeah, off like as bad as they are. They don't. They have seven wins. They're yeah, almost at, up to five hundred at this yeah. point. I think they were two and seven at one point, 
Um, and so the Bears are not the kind of doormat that I think everyone was thinking about them. So that's, that's actually going to be a good game. But yeah, I, I'm really excited to see Packers yeah. Bears in the last game of the season. Similarly yeah. to how I was excited to see Lions Packers at the end of last season as well. Yeah, it's going to be just a hard-hitting division. matchup. Exactly. And division games are always tricky. Yeah. But he looks he looks a really he looks really good against the Vikings. I mean, of course the Vikings obviously they have their own sort of injury issues yeah. and and uh Kirk Cousins has, has gone. But um, you know, I think that the the thing with Jordan Love is even from the beginning of this season, this is really his rookie year, even though he's been there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But this is his first year starting. He was handed the keys to the car. It's like, now it's your team. And to put them in a position, yeah, they're not the greatest team in the world, but to put yourself in a position to win the last game of the year, to go into the playoffs, is a really good job. It's a really young team as well. And I think they're only going to get better from here. But he, he looks very good. Um, his stats are good as well. Um, and I think they have a quarterback for the future. It's not just Jordan Love that's doing well, but this is a game that showed that when the quarterback's doing well, the running game is also going to do well. Well, of Aaron course, Jones Aaron Jones. Yeah. 120 yards rushing in this game, um, looking like the Aaron Jones that we're used to seeing in years past. Um, but but this is exactly what it is. You need your quarterback to move the ball or you need the running game to move the ball. And when you do that, the other game gets to be complimented. This is a yeah. game where Jordan Love was confident and competent against a division rival, both of whom were playing for essentially which of these teams has a chance to get to the playoffs. The Vikings are yeah. now essentially out of it. They need a lot of help. Like almost every team ahead of them is going to have to like fall on their face, which could happen because it's a lot of division games this weekend. So don't sleep on the the Vikings potentially sneaking in with a losing record. But the Packers, they they just look like they're in the driver's seat, which makes me sad because, you know, Seahawks lost this past weekend. And uh, that means that in order for the Seahawks to get in, Packers have to lose and the Seahawks have to win this week. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen because it's not out of the question question because, again, division games, anything can happen. And I nothing, would put it past the please, Bears to win. Yeah, and nothing would please the Bears more than keeping Absolutely. the Packers out of the playoffs. Just like the Lions did last year with the Packers. That was <laughs> Knocking out the passers to get the yeah. Seahawks in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, our favorite division is the rest of the NFC North. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, receiver Bo Melton uh, on the Packers. Yes. Former seventh-round pick by the Seahawks from last year um he was having a hard time trying to get through the uh the practice squad and trying to get on the field and he was one of these guys uh that i was really excited about uh coming out of the draft that the seahawks picked up and he just couldn't see the field we picked up marquise goodwin last year and we we kept going back and forth between who our fourth receiver was going to be i'm really excited that bo melton has got a game to be able to show what he can do like that 105 yards that he got in this game is 70 percent of the amount of yards that he's had for the season so this is it's really been just this game but what a way to be able to end the season by being able to show that hey i can have rapport with young quarterbacks um and and i can be reliable when the game matters so i think he's gonna like not every seventh round pick is going to be in the league for more than a couple years. And I think he's played himself into a situation where he'll be on a team next year. Might still be the Packers moving along. Um, I don't think it's any shock to say 
uh, that the two most dominating teams in each conference has ended the season as the number one seeds. The 49ers do what they need to do. Gosh, I, it, it feels like it's been so long. Who did they even play against this past week? Because it's Washington. Like, oh, gosh. So, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the commanders, they, they were putting up a little bit of a fight earlier in the game. Uh, the, the halftime was 13 to 10. Uh, but then the, the the 49ers just like slowly like plotted them away, ended up 27-10 in that. And then, of course, like arguably the most one-sided matchup of the entire week was that Ravens-Dolphins matchup that a lot of people are like, oh, this is going to be the game. This is going to be the one that you're going to watch. <laughs> Turned into six points. The Ravens put, gosh, two different quarters. The Ravens scored three touchdowns on this Dolphins team. And my, my heart goes out to Bradley Chubb, who tore his ACL in this yeah. game. Um, and, and that Dolphins defense is not going to be the same without it. Dolphins, lucky to get 19 points against the Ravens team. But... 49ers, yeah, gosh, Ravens, gosh. Yeah, uh, they are the two best teams in the league. Mm -hmm. They've shown their dominance all year. You know, the 49ers coming off um, a a poor loss to the Ravens. I think think they showed their mettle. They bounced back. Yes, it was against Washington, but they were going cross-country. Could always be a a tough game. Um, And they bounced back. The Ravens put on a show against Miami. And again... There were questions again about Miami. You know, are they a bit soft? Do they show up when it counts? Um, they just got absolutely annihilated. It wasn't really a contest. And to put up 56 points against a playoff team, what everyone says about, again, and against a team that can score at will, in a way, it's almost the 56 points is one thing. But the fact that the Dolphins only scored 19 against that defense, that's another thing. I mean, the Ravens have put down a marker the last two weeks because they could easily have lost both games and they've completely... And instead uh, just dominate both. Dominated, dominated both teams. And they are, they're the clear best team in the league at the moment, which doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Nope. Because I, I, do, th- I, yep. I do think... I do think there are a couple of teams in the AFC that could give them um, a run for their money. If they get, um, depending on how the playoff seeding works out, but I, they are they are the clear front runners in in the league at the moment. They are putting on a show. The last two weeks they have just gone off. Uh, Lamar Jackson is cementing his kind of MVP status um, this year. I mean, three hundred twenty-one yards, five touchdowns. Um, I just want to point out time to, to to have your best game of the season. I just want to point out to listeners, um, everybody knows that I've been like pounding my fist on the table, like telling people the whole season long that I think that this is the year for the Ravens yeah. to go ahead and yeah. show their mark. I don't necessarily, I, I still think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but again, regular season success doesn't always equal postseason success. But yeah. um, Lamar Jackson, a few weeks ago, I was saying, guys, you have to pay attention to Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't necessarily think that everybody else sees him, but Lamar Jackson's one of these guys you have to pay attention to, to MVP. Yeah. Um, and he's now showing, I think he's leapfrogged everybody based off of this these last two weeks. Like, he beat the the 49ers, beat the the Dolphins. There's no, like, Tyreek Hill is not going to be getting that award over him, and Christian McCaffrey's not going to get the award over him um, because he beat both of them in convincing fashion. Um, one thing that I like to mention, I'm going to give, uh, he doesn't need it, give a shout out to Colin Cowherd because earlier this past week, uh, one of the things he mentioned was Lamar Jackson has the most 
career perfect passer rating games out of the active NFL right now. Nobody has more than he does. I think Pat Mahomes has one perfect passer rating game Mm -hmm. in his career. This is Lamar Jackson's third for his career. That's really impressive. That's really impressive. And it's not like he's like, oh, I'm not going to throw. I'm just going to like throw like four or five, ten pass. He had 321 passing yards and five touchdowns in this game. Yep. Lamar Jackson for MVP. Um, I mentioned this briefly before the Seahawks uh, lost this past week. And yes, I could do obligatory Seahawks reference and like uh, try to get some love for my team. I'm actually wanting to talk a little bit about the coach on the other side of the field and what he managed to accomplish. Uh, I think this is the first time the Steelers have beaten the Seahawks uh, since the Steelers uh, had that like shell of a team that went to all those Super Bowls like over a decade ago. Because uh, they did not beat Russ when Russ was the quarterback um, in, in Seattle for those many, many years. This is the first time the Steelers have beaten the Seahawks in, in a very, very long time. And this continues Mike Tomlin's impeccable stretch of starting his career with winning or non-losing seasons. He is now 9-7. Yeah. and seven. He has clinched that. And the Steelers are alive for the playoffs. They are. They are. I mean... It's such an impressive record because they haven't always got into the playoffs. But again, the Steelers are just one of those teams like, I know it's they just don't, they don't really have any good players. And how are they nine and seven? George to me, Pickens it's just, is it's just looking like he's a good player. Well, George Pickens, yes. But although there's questions about his effort. Um, well, yeah, the attitude well, is the thing. Like, the is, the, is he the uh, John yeah. Morant of the league where he just like has these? Uh, he's, he's not the John Morant. No, sure. but people like, understand that. But wide receiver yeah. diva. You know, oh, I've never heard that coming out of a Steelers receiver before, ever, ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, can anyone think of a Steelers receiver that? Has, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, they just they just march on. I I thought I honestly thought the Seahawks would win this game. I just thought the Steelers going across country again, um, playing Seattle. It's a tough place to go and play and 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 to win. And particularly, I don't I don't think the Steelers have a lot of talent. And I think it's just such a testament to Mike Tomlin's job where he's just created this Steelers culture of just like next man up, do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, because his coaching ability is, to me, he's the best coach in the league because his continual um, ability to get the most out of players who don't have a lot of talent. You think of all their quarterback issues they've had this year. They don't really have a quarterback. They don't have a franchise quarterback. And yet they're 9-7 and seven and still in the mix for the playoffs. So it's it's you know credit to Mike Tomlin. It's a it's a unbelievable record to have. Think about the head coaches that are in this AFC North division. You have Jim Harbaugh that just or John Harbaugh. I keep forgetting which one's which. You have Harbaugh out in, in Baltimore. John Harbaugh. You have John Harbaugh out in Baltimore who just secured the number one overall seed. You had Zach Taylor who just went to a Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago and went to back to back AFC conference championship games. Uh, with that team, uh, you've got Kevin Stefanski, who has already clinched the playoff spot for his Browns yep. team. And this Browns team is looking like they're the scariest non-division winner coming out of the AFC. And now you've got Mike Tomlin, uh, who has been here the whole time. Like, as far as coaching is concerned, I'm just really, really impressed with how these tough, cold weather teams uh, are, are just handling everything. Like, hats off to every one of these coaches, but more importantly, hats off to Mike Tomlin for 
keeping your streaker alive. This is a guy who doesn't lose. Yeah. And we have to talk about uh, the the most important matchup or the most important refereeing uh, decision this past week, I would say. Uh, Lions versus Cowboys, the Saturday night game. Uh, the one-point victory for the Cowboys that has completely resh- like shaken up like what the seeding for the top of this conference looks like. Uh, based off of a number of, I think what everybody would consider to be poor officiating calls towards the stretch of the game, not just the one egregious one for the Lions. There was a, a really, really bad penalty that the refs called on the Cowboys as well, where they got Jake Ferguson on a tripping call. Uh, mm. where if you look back at the play, it was actually Aiden Hutchison <laughs> for the Lions right. who did the tripping, and they just flagged the wrong person for that. Uh, but everybody's been talking about uh, the decisions to go for two points three times <laughs> in a row, the multiple penalties that got called, and then the gaffe that took place. Um, based off of what you're seeing from the evidence that's shown, it is clear that uh, Taylor Decker reported himself as an eligible receiver, lined up as an eligible receiver, caught the ball as an eligible receiver, but because the referees mistook, because there was another lineman running towards uh, the group that they were looking at, they called the wrong number, told the wrong number to the Cowboys, and then flagged the Lions for it. Um, There was still time left in the game afterwards. We don't know if the Cowboys could have gone down, kicked a field goal to win the whole thing. Uh, the, The decision to go for it three times in a row is also questionable. But Biz, when you saw this this refereeing call, what was your thought? I couldn't believe it when I saw it because I, I, I watched it in real time. And it was when I, I, I was like, oh, that's an amazing play, you know, good for the Lions. And then when they called it, they said that he hadn't reported, but the other guy did. And so, and then the next day, the NFL came out and kind of gave an explanation. And they said that, number 70 had reported, but number 68, who was Decker, who caught the two-point, didn't. But you're saying he did report, but the referees just didn't see it, or they didn't. So if you look at the breakdown of the way that that line looks, um, number 70 lined up on the right side. And if you look amongst that whole like stretch, from where the center was, it was not possible. Even if number 70 had been reported, he was in the middle of the line. Even if he reported it eligible, he is not eligible based off of where he was on the line. So it made no sense for number 70 to be there. And he was running towards the play because he was part of a substitution since they needed another offensive lineman on there. Uh, You can see Jared Goff, after the huddle, walk up to Taylor Decker, point towards the ref and say, you need to report. Taylor Decker walks over to the guy to report, and then the uh, number 70 comes in to report that he's coming into the game. He's substituting in, but he's not an eligible receiver. And because there was multiple things happening at the same time, you can say that the refs, oh, they got one wrong because there was a lot going on, high tense situation that's happening. This is the biggest miss that this officiating crew has done this season. Um, Yeah, well, I hope... I hope there are some repercussions for that officiating crew because you can't make a mistake like that. If if it's proof that he did actually report and the ref just made a gaffe, that's yep. just, you know, the, the, this is playoff seeding at stake. Mm-hmm. However, let me get to the... Dan Campbell has created an amazing culture with the Lions. And I knew that when they scored that touchdown, I, I had this feeling Dan Campbell 
was just like was channeling his inner Brandon Staley. Let's just go for it. <laughs> um, uh, but that's what Dan Campbell does, and it was great. But then after the Ferrari, this is where I think Dan Campbell he can be slightly too impulsive because they got backed up to the second was what from the ten yard line or eleven yard line. Um, it, the second is from the two yard line. They had the penalty. They had to go back to the seven yard line. Yeah, the no, other that's penalty what I mean. went down Sorry. to the two. Yeah, so, right. So it's five yards. So seven yard line. I mean, the chances of making a two point and you're down by one to go. I, I'm like, come on, Dak. And again, that's his, that's just kick the one. That's his attitude. And then he's and then I I can understand again getting the flag and then going for it again from the two. But again, I also think situational. Um, playing the game and the situation and just understanding, okay, let's just eat, take our humble pie. Let's just take our losses. And the, the, the kind of moment has gone. You can see after they score the touchdown, I can get it. The momentum is there. Go for the two, get it. And then, and then all that comes down there, slightly annoyed. Tempers are a bit frayed and he's like, no, we're going to go for it again. And there's no calmness probably there. Then they get another penalty, goes back to the two. I, you know, uh, but to me, it, it's one of those 50-50s because I do think that going for it again from the seven yard, once the penalty has been called, take a breath, take a breath, calm down. Like all the, all the, all the coaches take a breath and be like, look, it, are we really going to go for it from the seven yard line? What are the chances of us making it from the seven yard line just for two points? You know, I, so it's hard to say that Dan Campbell cost them a loss, but I, I think, who knows, as you said, there were time left for the Cowboys to go down and maybe kick a field goal. So, um, But it, it was a tough loss for the Lions. But I do think, I, I do wonder whether Dan Campbell kind of gets in the way of the Lions sometimes in a situation like that because he's very impulsive. He's an emotional head coach. We've seen, we talked about how he's cried before and he was an ex-player, you know, he's an ex-tight end and Sometimes that can be a really good thing. You can see how the players love him. The players want to play for him. But I think sometimes you just need a kind of outside head, just a cool, cool, calm, collected a bit after things go wrong and be like, okay, let's just take a step back. What are we going to do here? Uh, it, it, it's a, a game that ended with the repercussions that the 49ers have now officially clinched uh, yeah. because the Cowboys could not catch them and the Eagles also lost as well. Yeah. Had that call not happened and had the Lions been able to win that game, uh, we would be looking into a matchup of the Vikings versus the Lions and the Cardinals that just beats the Eagles versus the 49ers as those are the games that determine who gets a buy and who not. Uh, instead, really, uh, the 49ers now have nothing to play for for this last week. And the... Actually, no, no, no. It's the Rams that would be playing the 49ers this weekend. That would have been a matchup that would have been like incredibly important for the 49ers to win. But now the Rams don't have anything to play for since they've locked up a spot. And now the uh, 49ers don't have anything to play for since they've locked up a spot. You're probably going to see both of those teams resting a lot of players this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go um, that's going to do it for the NFL for us this week. Uh, we do have other football to talk about uh, because we have most of the bowl games are done. Um, I want to go in order from when the games happened at first. We had the, uh, the undefeated power conference champion FSU playing against Georgia, who is the two-time defending champion. Georgia absolutely dominated Florida State in this game. And um, uh, it, it lended credence to the thought that like maybe the the committee, the, panel, got the committee got it right. 
in this case of leaving Florida State out. Um, it was what sixty three to three was the final. Yeah, I think it was the largest ever oh, margin of victory God. in any bowl game. Perhaps I don't. I, I am going to. I believe nine of FSU's starting players were not playing because of either they no, were they were going it was for the twenty nine. Twenty nine. Wow. Twenty nine of, so of their scholarship players were not players. playing. So, so look. If they're starting, do, do I think it would have been sixty-three to three? No. Do I think Georgia would have still won by thirty, possibly? Um, I mean, Georgia w- was laying down a case that when I said the committee got got it wrong, I was meant the other side of that. Maybe Georgia should have been in there and not, uh, you know, <laughs> not Alabama, because that, that... there was a case. There was a case that that Georgia could still have been in there even with the loss to Alabama, which I think was also a case, but they left them out. FSU, I think. They can't have any complaints, but look, we all, we all kind of saw this coming. I don't think anyone saw thought FSU would have a chance, but with twenty nine players out, I think out, people were hoping, but I think most people understood. You know, that's yeah. not really. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first of the two CFP games yesterday was the Rose Bowl, Alabama versus Michigan. And even yeah. though Michigan has been the team going this entire year, I think everybody's like, "Oh, well, Alabama's in it." That means they're going to win and all this stuff. And Michigan's lost three straight going into yeah. all this. And here's the thing. Michigan took them to overtime. Yeah. They stopped Jalen Milrow at the one-yard line. Down. Yeah. They did. Michigan um, moves on. Yeah. I, like I said, I mean, I, as much as it pains me, I was rooting for Michigan to win because I just, oh, yeah. I just don't want Alabama. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Ohio State Buckeye fan and, Maybe it's like heathen for me to say this, but I did want Michigan to win because I just I don't want Alabama in the national championship game again. I don't really think they should have been in the playoff anyway. But um, and again, I, I'm really happy. We'll get to the second game, but I, I'm I'm glad that Alabama is not in. I wish it was another team apart, not Michigan. But I'm glad that Michigan was able to hold off Alabama. I thought Alabama was going to win. I thought. Um, and even at the beginning, Michigan were very sloppy at the beginning. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be going completely the wrong way. But Michigan held firm um, and they stopped Alabama. Um, and, I'm, and I'm also really happy that Washington beat Texas because I think a lot of people just thought it's going to be a rematch, Alabama versus Texas, where Texas beat Alabama. The two kind of, you know, sort of blue bloods of that, that, that I think that was the match that I think a lot of people wanted in terms of the sexy matchup. But actually, I, I wanted Michigan and Washington because I, I like it when it's... I don't want to say, in fact, Michigan is a college powerhouse. Yeah. But, but they haven't been there in a while. They haven't. They haven't. Parity um, is one of these things that keeps interest. And constantly yeah. having Alabama there over and over and over and over and yeah. over again has been a great yeah. way for me to not watch the conference championship games. Yeah. Yeah. Or to not watch the uh, college football national championship. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I understand that they've been the best team of the past decade or so. But at the same time, there's a reason why I stopped watching Patriots Super Bowls. It's because, like, hey, I've seen this before. Why do I want to, yeah. like, waste three, four, or five hours of my time to watch yeah. a game that I've seen before? Yeah. Um, so M- Michigan holds a little bit of a soft spot in my household because we lived uh, in Troy, Michigan for maybe, I don't know, two, three years or something like that when I was really, really, really young. One of the places that uh, my, my mother in particular has always loved has always been a closeted Michigan fan. However, she's not going to be rooting for them next week because she is born and raised in Seattle. 
um, she grew up rooting for the Huskies and she was really, really just like on, on the edge of her seat watching that attempt at a come behind victory that Texas did questionable play calling at the end by Washington phenomenal plays by Quinn Ewers down the stretch at the end. They could not get it done off of that last pass deflection pass defense that took place in the end zone. Washington holds on to win 37 31 and your final will be Washington versus Michigan biz. Did you see the Huskies I versus did. Texas? I did. I watched both. Good I game. Watched, yeah. I watched both games yesterday. It was a really good game. I have to say, I thought Washington Watching the game, Washington dominated Texas. I did, yeah. But Texas just found a way to hang around. And I think when Washington got up 38-21, no, 37-21, um, I, I thought Washington, they just, they pumped took the their foot off the gas. Yeah, they pumped yeah. the brakes. They yeah, took their foot 100%. off the gas. They, they also, I almost, they, they didn't give Texas that much respect. There was a series where they just were like, every down, they were just throwing it into the end zone from like, midfield and i was like there's still a lot of time left texas can come back you know they're a good team and i think that was poor coaching it was poor it was not respecting the opponent opponent playing um playing into their hands a little bit and texas had the chance right there i mean it would have been a slight travesty i think if texas had won but it shows you can't you can't take any games for granted no 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 texas is a good team they're a very good team they beat alabama like away so it shows they're a good team. I do think the better team won. Washington deserved to win that game. Um, Texas could have won it right at the end. I mean, that last series, the, they played sloppy Washington from you know the kickoff, and they gave more time on the clock to Texas. So, but I'm looking forward to the I'm looking forward to the college uh, final. I think it should yeah. be a good one. You're going to get JJ McCarthy versus Michael Penix Jr. Didn't Michael Penix Jr. look really good? Yeah, he looked great. He looked oh great. My gosh, yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about this college football championship i i will probably watch it this year very very excited to see what this matchup looks like um we're gonna yeah. start wrapping things up um we have our final survival pick'em of the year um we have some interesting points right now um i used my oh, 49ers man. pick last week that worked well and it pulled me up to nine points biz uses eagles pick last week huh. That kept him at nine points. Going into the last week of the season, you and I are tied. Yeah. Our guests are up by one because they hit on their Jaguars pick. So now we have one pick for the guests this week. They're ahead by one. We decided that it would be fitting if our league fantasy football champion, Kelly, gave us his pick for the week. He is picking the Browns over the Bengals Mm. to be able to go ahead and cement, put a nice stamp on the end of the season. And any hopes that the Bengals have to get into the playoffs, they're going to try to keep them out. The Ohio rivalry. Kelly picks the Browns. Biz, who do you pick? I'm going to let you go first this week because I've gone first the last few weeks and it obviously hasn't gone well for me. So I'm going to switch it up and allow... My esteemed co-host to pick. Well, you don't have to worry about me taking one of your picks that you're considering this week because I'm going to be picking the team that you picked last week. I'm going to be taking the Philadelphia Eagles. I have not picked them all year. Um, And I'm going to take them since they still have a chance to win the division. 
Um, I'm picking them to be able to beat the Giants. What's your thought process, buddy? That, I mean, that's a good pick. I was looking at that. Um, I'm not even sure what teams I can, I can pick. Um, there's no, like, I am, I am looking at Arizona over Seattle. You haven't um, picked the Cardinals yet. I have not picked the Cardinals because I, I just think that, you know, they're coming off a good win. Division games are always tricky. I'm also looking at, I have, have I picked the Lions yet? You picked the Lions in week eight. Okay. Um, I'm looking at your list, and there's, I think there's two really, really good options for you this week. Have I taken the Packers yet? You've not. Yeah. See, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Packers over the Bears Packers for the division, Bears. and then I'm looking at also. Um, I have taken the Chiefs. I have taken. I mean, the thing is, I was looking at the 49ers over the Rams. You took them in week four. I've already taken the 49ers. And, and the Rams I've, were week three. <laughs> I've taken the Rams too. So I'm looking at, I've taken the Bills and the Dolphins, haven't I? Yes, you have. I do think the Bills might win that game. And I think the Bills will wrap up the division. Um, Can I throw out uh, a couple of options that you do have? Sure. Oh, no. Bucks, the Buccaneers against the Panthers. That is one you do have. Yeah. Um, you also have both the Jets and the Patriots. You've also got the Jaguars as a pick over the Titans. Oh, you also have what... the tight. You've not picked the Jaguars this season. Oh wow, yeah, that's a tricky one though. It's a division. It's a division. They're game. all division games this week. Oh, they're all division games. Yeah, have the Buccaneers wrapped up the division? No, because the Saints beat them last week. So the Saints. So they need to win yep. Buccaneers to wrap up the division. Um, yep. The Saints. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I'm going to take the Buccaneers over the Panthers. This is going with going Baker, Baker Mayfield. My last week of the season <laughs> to win me, to win me the Pickhams. Come on, Baker. You know that he's just going to absolutely lay an egg this week and Dink up the joint, to quote Stephen A. Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Kelly is taking the Browns. I am taking the Eagles. And Biz unhappily takes the recent <laughs> Super Bowl champion Bucks. Yeah. Gosh. Exciting last week of Pickens. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the Bills... What do you think about the Bills-Dolphins? I would probably pick the Bills at this point. Yeah, the Dolphins are reeling a bit. And, and I think after that last last win, I mean, the Bills Bills are just... It would be unbelievable, though, just a quick for the Dolphins, after all year being, you know, in pro pole position in the AFC East, to lose the division on the last day of the season and to then have to go away in the wild card and possibly yeah. play the Bills again. I mean, like, it, it's... Injuries always tell the story. And like I mentioned before, Bradley Chubb is out for the the year, torn ACL. Um, and I think that his loss on that defense is going to be incredible. Um, I, I right now it's it's a home game for the Dolphin, and the Bills are favored. Yeah, that's all I'll say. The Bills are favored yeah. by three points. And who do you um, think? What about Texans Colts? Texans Colts. Uh, that's that's for the division. CJ Stroud. 
Uh, I, I mean, like, the Colts are nine and seven. Uh, keep me in mind, the Jaguars are also nine and seven. Right. Like, everybody yeah. is nine and seven. And I think the Jaguars still have the advantage over all of them because they have the, the head-to-head matchups or, like, the best division record, I think. I, I Don't quote me on that. We'll, we'll learn more as the, the weekend goes on. Colts and Texans, that's going to be a huge matchup, and it's going to tell the Jaguars, like, like the Jaguars have to win the next week anyway. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. The Jaguars so have the, to win their game. If the Jags win, they win the division. L- let me let me find out. Yeah. If the Jaguars win, they win the division. If the Jaguars win, they win the division. Well, so that Ooh. means... it. So, and whoever wins between the Colts and the Texans... Will be in the wild card. Should be able to get in as the seventh seed uh, at that point. Because the Bills have already locked up as at, at 10 wins. I believe they've already locked up a spot. I, I might be wrong on that. But, like, th- there's going to be a lot that needs to go wrong for the Bills for them to not make it. Um, but I believe that whoever wins between Colts and Texans gets a wild card spot. Um, and if the Jaguars lose, whichever one of those two teams is in will become a uh, the division champion. So the Bills currently have not locked up a playoff spot. Um, You're going to make me look up all the playoff scenarios now. Yeah, no, I'm looking on the NFL. So the Bills haven't. So the, the teams in the AFC that have locked up are the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Browns. In terms of playoff spots, yes. So the Jags are in the hunt. The Bills and but the, the Bills the have like the strongest. Like if 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 they do win, then it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, if they lose, and the Jaguars win, and the Colts win, and the Steelers win, like all those teams have to go right in some combination uh, yeah. for the Bills to be out because they've already got the ten wins. But at the same yeah. time. You know, it's it's not completely over yet, but yeah, the the AFC North, sorry, AFC South is completely up for grabs at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, I think that we've got everything for the week. Uh, do you have I'm indeed shout outs? I do indeed. It's been a long time coming, but I'm going to shout out my beloved CPFC, the Pride of South London Crystal Palace. Finally. We got a win. We have been sinking, uh, <laughs> uh, sinking steadily in the Premier League, and um, I think we we hadn't won in in ten or eleven games, um, and we finally got a win against Brentford um, during the Christmas period a few days ago. We were one nil down after a minute, and we ended up winning three one. It was a really good performance. We needed it. We're up to fourteenth now. Just gives us a bit of breathing space over the relegation spots. So, uh, yeah, finally, shout out to Crystal Palace FC. You're finding yourself at a 14th spot uh, out of 20 in your table right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a l- good bit of breathing room. Oh, gosh. Like, I- I'm looking at, like, your points versus everybody else. Like, you're so far ahead of Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield. I, I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. It's three teams that get relegated, or is it two? Three, 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 three. Yeah. So, for, so for, I mean, famous last words. Um, there's a how lot much longer do they have to get points for? Oh, until how much? May. Until May. Oh, so it's oh, about okay, half yeah. a season. It's about oh, half. Well, a never season. mind. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. So we've going. got a lot. Yeah, exactly. We need to. We need to keep going. They always say that 40, 40 points is the hallowed safety mark. If you get forty points, it's unlikely you go down. Although it has happened before, but. Um, it's um, it's unlikely. I'm going to give my shout out 
uh, to Michael Penix Jr., uh, Heisman yeah. finalist. Uh, he was the runner-up, I believe, this year for the Heisman Trophy behind Jaden Daniels. He's going to be going to Washington to attempt to get Washington's first national championship since 1991. And it's... He looked phenomenal. Yeah, like, he looked, he really looked like he was far and away the best player on the field yesterday. And there's a lot of speculation out of where he's going to go in the draft. A lot of people have been saying, well, he's too old. He's going to be 25 when the NFL season starts. And that is old for a quarterback coming out of college. Uh, he has had four season-ending surgeries. Uh, or were they surgeries or just season-ending injuries uh, over the course of his college career? And this year, he's able to go the whole way, and he's showing that he's got it there. I certainly hope that he ends up being a first-round quarterback. I don't know if he'll get there because the injuries can scare anybody off, but he has proven that he can rise when the occasion comes. Three times, notably this year, the Huskies have been underdogs. Once against Oregon at home, they beat him. Once in the Pac-12 championship, they beat him. And then once against Texas, they beat him. Yeah. Uh, they are once again underdogs versus Michigan, and I think that's what the team wants. They they don't they are going with their whole we have our backs against the wall. None the whole world doesn't believe in us. Um I think that Michigan is the monster that everybody thinks that they are. I think this is gonna be a different type of challenge than anybody else that they played this year. But yeah. what you got the number one team versus the number two team. Let's yeah, go it's one versus two. I agree. I, I mean, we'll save our picks perhaps until. Oh no, actually, we uh, we should we we should do our picks now actually because we're not going to record. Go Huskies! Isn't it next picking week? The Huskies, I believe. Isn't so. it next week? It's next yeah. Monday. It's yeah, next we Monday. won't have so recorded by then. So I'm it. picking Huskies. I, I I agree. You know, go go Huskies. I'm picking I'm picking the Huskies too. I think Michigan sometimes. I know they beat Alabama, but they did lose to TCU in the semifinal last year when everyone was thought they were going to run riot. Um, and I think, again, they're going to they're gonna take Washington lightly. I think they're going to think the hard work was done by beating Alabama and not give Washington the credit where credit's due. And I think, I think Washington will, will, hope, will hopefully pull it out. And with that, my coffee is empty. And the only thing I can say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.